Hello, welcome back. It is episode 26 of Nux Talk. It is your host Kyle Elsford here. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to uh, make a little announcement that Nux Talk has joined Old City Sports Network. Uh, this is a uh, network of hockey and sports related podcasts based out of Philadelphia, and we're really excited to be part of the team. So if you guys want to give them uh, some support or go check them out, they're at oldcitysportsnetwork.com. So what I wanted to do today is just talk about the roster, uh, the contracts that the players are signed to, and maybe some moves that Jim Rutherford might make in terms of trading some guys out. Um, right here in front of me, I have Cap Friendly, and I thought it'd be interesting just to you know go throughout the team, look at the contracts, look at whom we have to sign in the upcoming seasons, and get a, just a general feel on how the roster's playing in the general direction of maybe this roster's future. Um, so the first guy we're going to start with is the big the big one on uh, on offense, obviously, and that's Elias Pettersson. He has three more years at $7.35 million. He is an RFA at the end of that contract, but you know when you sign the second most expensive contract in Canucks history, you do want production over 0.5 points per game. You know, 17 points in 34 games is unacceptable for Elias Pettersson and the standard that he probably puts on himself and the standard that the team needs to be him at. You know, obviously I think it's going to take some time with him getting back to game shape. He's had a couple seasons cut short by injury and he missed training camp, which I think was detrimental to him. Uh, He was behind the eight ball from the very get-go and, you know, playing catch-up in the NHL is a very difficult thing to do mid-season. So, He's had a very tall task, and, you know, he didn't help himself out either. Missed training camp, and, you know, that's the result you're going to get. The second most expensive Canucks forward is Brock Besser. He is on the last year of his $5.875 million contract, and at the end of the season, he's an RFA. The caveat with that is that his qualifying offer is at $7.5 million. That's a lot, and... You know, when I'm looking at comparables and when I'm looking at a long-term contract for Brock Besser, for me, if it's anything over five years, it has to be seven and below. If it's four, three, two years, I think you're looking at somewhere between 7.5 and 7. So if you're going to sign him long-term, it is definitely in the best interest of the team to get it done sooner rather than later to avoid that $7.5 million qualifying offer. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that gets done. I definitely want to see Brock Besser stick around. I think Brock Besser under Bruce Boudreau is almost reminiscent of rookie Brock Besser. He's been nothing short of fantastic, so that's really exciting. Although, again, kind of a disappointing season overall for Brock. Obviously, a lot of guys struggled under Travis Green, and Brock's no different, you know. Only 17 points in 28 games, that's .61 points per game. Uh, I believe that's around 50 points in a season, so Brock's capable of better, and I think we've seen better under Brudrow, so that's exciting, and I definitely think that, uh, you know, I want to see Brock stick around. Now, obviously, if a trade comes up and it's for the right package or player, then yeah, you got to explore it, but as it stands right now, I can't see a scenario in which we let Brock Besser leave. 
Third most expensive Canucks forward, Bo Horvat. He's at $5.5 million. Uh, this is his second last season under contract. So he is a UFA after next year. What does a contract extension look for a 28-year-old Bo Horvat that is the, going to be the captain of the Canucks? You know, the points for Bo Horvat, I think we've seen kind of what he is. You know, that 50 to 65-point guy. He's a perennial 20-goal scorer. Uh, you know, this year, he's just below Brock Besser's pace. He's a f- 0.59 points per game, 20 points in 34 games, 11 of which are goals. One of some of the most, if not the most, face-offs in the league. He's very good at it. He's a good two-way player. Um, obviously, you know, might not be the vocal leader of the team, but definitely one of the leaders of this team. And he's young still. He's 26 years old. And again, these are questions that are going to have to be answered by Jim Rutherford, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, and JT Miller, which is the fourth most expensive on this team. He's at $5.25 million, and uh, he is up at the exact same time Bo Horvat is up. They're both UFAs after next year. So those two are going to be really interesting, and really those three, Brock Besser, JT, and Bo Horvat. You know, can you get those three guys signed to at least a like? three years you know can you extend those guys can you extend those guys three years because JT Miller this year has been the Canucks best player not named Quinn Hughes or Thatcher Demko 36 points 34 games plus three 21 minutes um, time of ice plays the penalty kill plays the power play takes draws is physical vocal leader of the team out of all the guys that are coming up and who have contracts coming up JT Miller, in my eyes, is the most important one to sign. Not Brock Besser and not Bo Horvat. It is JT Miller. So hopefully we can get that done. Again, you know, looking at these contracts, for the offense at least, the only real contract that you could kind of shake your head at and be, maybe that's not great, is the Tanner Pearson contract at 3.25. He expires the same time Elias Pettersson does, so we have him for three more years. Um, That is including this one. But Tanner Pearson has been pretty good under Bruce Boudreau and has had an okay year. 15 points, 34 games, and he's on pace for about 38 points. That's not fantastic, especially for 3.25, but he does provide value besides offense. I think his defensive game is pretty underrated. He's a solid two-way forward, hence why Green uh, loved playing him with Bo. But when I look at this, Tanner Pearson's a plus six. That's really good, and he's getting 16 minutes of ice time, so that's not nothing. That's solid top six minutes, so I, I don't know. I don't think if, if if your team is getting hindered by $3.25 million, I'm not sure it deserves to really, you know, compete if $3.25 million is the make or break. And it's not like Pearson has no value either, so I think... For Tanner Pearson, keep doing what he's doing. He's obviously found some success with Pod Colson, JT Miller. Um, that's a pretty lethal line, and that's a lot. That's a line with a lot of two-way potential as well. So, you know, for now, I think under Bruce Boudreau, obviously everyone's looking pretty good. But um, Tanner Pearson has definitely had one of the biggest kicks or boosts since Boudreau's come. And let's talk about the fifth most expensive Canucks player. Um, that would be Connor Garland. So we acquired Connor Garland, obviously, this offseason in exchange for Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, uh, first, which was the ninth overall pick, and I believe a third as well. You know, he signed for five more seasons at $4.95 million. Uh, this contract is really looking like a steal. And 
I actually put up a question um, about a week ago on Nux Talk Instagram saying what was the best and worst contracts on the team and Connor Garland's name came up a ton when you know you're producing 23 points in 34 games he's on pace for 55 points this year he's a plus eight 16 minutes of ice 16 minutes of time on ice a game He's, he's with the club for, for the next five years, under $5 million. That's a steal of a contract. And man, does, do you notice Carlin Garland every game? You know, talk about Chippy uh, playing bigger than he is, you know. Uh, Connor Garland's a really exciting player for this team, and I'm so happy we have him locked up at this price for this long. Again, that's a big Benning W, and you know we'll get to the defense and where maybe Benning's downfall was. But Benning's offensive prowess and how he built the offensive core, I think, needs to be uh you know celebrated a bit five out of these 13 forwards right now that i'm going to list off are drafted Pedersen, brock Bo, pod colson and niels hoglander that's really good five out of 13 is pretty good unfortunately on defense and where this kind of pitfall of the team lies is you know one out of seven drafted on defense that's where this team needs to improve and we'll get to the contracts later on defense but for now, I want to also talk about Jason Dickinson. Um, this offseason, Jason Dickinson was acquired by a trade from the Dallas Stars. I believe we gave up a third-round pick for him. And Jason Dickinson was supposed to be um, that two-way third-line center, a kind of guy to take off the defensive responsibility that Bo really has shouldered for the last, say, about three years. And he was supposed to take that defensive load off Horvat and allow him to maybe excel in a bit more offensive role. Unfortunately, Jason Dickinson has bounced around the lineup. He hasn't really found uh, consistent line mates. And he only has four points in 31 games. Uh, He's signed for three more seasons at $2.65 million. And, you know, this is a guy who I could see being traded. Uh, It's not that I don't like Jason Dickinson. He's only 26 years old. His contract's actually fairly good. And I think there is some potential there. He's a big body. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, so it's not like he's small. Uh, You know, I think with some more opportunity, I do think Jason Dickinson can actually score a bit more. He's only getting 13 minutes of ice time. But this is a guy who I can see getting traded, um, maybe for another center. Uh, You know, obviously with Brandon Sutter out of the lineup right now, center is obviously one of those positions where the Canucks could use some depth. Um, but yeah, look out for Jason Dickinson. I know um, there's been a couple rumors already, but the guy who I really think is going to get traded this offseason, or I shouldn't say this offseason, this trade deadline, is Tyler Mott. He has one year left on his $1.225 million contract, and he's a UFA at the end of the season. Now, Tyler Mott is a fan favorite. I I really like Tyler Mott. I think he brings a ton of value to this team. He's 26 years old, four points in 19 games. He's you know a fantastic bottom six player. Uh, has a bit of a scoring touch as well, which I think is underrated. But he is a UFA next year, so he can decide where he wants to go. Um, I would do a two-year, $2 million contract, meaning he gets $2 million per season. Um, But the thing is with Mott is he does have that injury uh, history. And with that, you know, there's always that risk. So I could see Jim Rutherford saying, you know, he's a UFA at the end of the year. He's 26. His value is pretty high. 
let's trade him for an you know a pick could you get a third a fourth maybe a decent prospect maybe you package him with another piece and you get something of a larger value back who knows but i do think dickinson and mott keep your eyes out i would put down money that one of those two guys are traded by the deadline um, to finish it out, we got Pod Colson and Niels, and these are uh, two guys that were drafted in the same draft in the Vancouver draft. I believe that was 2019. Uh, Vasily Pod was drafted 10th overall, and Niels Hoglander 40th. And these guys are young, 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 young. Niels Hoglander is 21 years of, 21 years old. Vasily Pod is 20 years old. Uh, Niels Hoglander this year, 13 points, 34 games. Uh, Pod Colson, 9 points, 32 games. These guys are really exciting, and this is where you see, you know, Benning's plan or, you know, how he tried to execute his plan come a bit to fruition. Uh, these guys are only going to get better, and they're young, and they're skilled. And, you know, Niels and Vasily are kind of two opposites in a way. You know, Niels Hoglander's 5'8", Vasily Pod Colson, 6'1", 6'2". But they both play extremely hard, uh, high, high, high work ethic, high work rate, and they both are eager to learn and work. Um, these two guys from this 2019 draft, big W's, and they're signed uh, Niels Hoaglander uh, as an RFA in two seasons, and Vasily is an RFA in three. And then just to close out the lineup here, we have Chason, Yuho Lamico, and Matthew Highmore. Chase on, I'm not really going to touch. I think he has kind of become the whipping boy of Canucks fan base a tad, but not just for no reason. He has been pretty bad. His foot speed is pretty terrible, and he has shown tendencies to just give it away in his own end, which have led to some goals, unfortunately. Um, Chase on, though, six points, 28 games. Um, I, you know, I would love to see or Take a quick look at how many of those are power play points, but I would assume quite a few of them. Yeah, he's an RF, he's a UFA at the end of the season. Um, quite frankly, I would rather have Will Lockwood in the lineup, Phil G. Giuseppe in the lineup. Give some, give someone a chance. I just don't think Alex Chason brings any value five on five. Um, Yuho Lamico, Matthew Highmore, two fourth line guys. Yuho Lamico, of course, acquired for Ole Yolevi. Um, he's a 25-year-old center, um, although he can play both left and right wing. He's a pretty versatile guy. Look, for a guy who gets 10 minutes of ice time, 3 points, 27, 27 games, he's not necessarily an offensive dynamo, but, you know, again, he's young, young-ish at least. He is an RFA at the end of the year as well as Matthew Highmore. I don't know. I would keep Yuho Lamico. He's a decent depth center. He's versatile. He can play the PK. Um, I don't mind Yuho Lamico. I think he fills his role nicely. And Matthew Highmore actually has impressed me this year. Three points, 10 games. Maybe isn't crazy production, although it's not bad. He's getting 12 minutes of ice time. And, you know, looking back on the trade, Adam Gaudette for Matthew Highmore, Matt, Adam Gaudette was just cut or uh, waived by the Blackhawks. He was eventually picked up by the Senators, which he is playing now. But. Matthew Highmore has been a good little player. He's only 25 years old. He's also an RFA, so I would expect him to get a two-year, you know, $1.2 million contract, kind of like what Mott got. I like I like Matthew Highmore. So let's switch gears, and let's look at the defense, where I don't think it is as positive as the offense, and there are some nice pieces on defense, and, you know, with Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux as coach... 
Um, some guys have really played a lot better. So let's start it off with the most expensive contract in Canucks history, 22-year-old left-hand defenseman, 22-year-old Quinn Hughes. $7.85 million for the next six seasons. You know, what is there to say? The best Canucks defenseman in franchise history. I don't even think there's a question anymore, and the man's played like, just over 100 games probably it's ridiculous 28 points 33 games 24 minutes of ice a a game plus 10 uh it's just it's just disgusting at this point Quinn Hughes has taken his game to another level Uh, he should be in the dark horse conversation for Norris right now I don't think there's any debate about it again I'm not saying he's on the upper echelon of McCarr Adam Fox Hedman but I'm saying he's right there uh, and we have this guy for another six years at $7.8 million. That's just a fantastic contract. One of the best contracts maybe in the NHL value-wise. Yeah, nothing else to say. What a piece for this franchise, and we have him locked up long-term. I have nothing nothing but positive things to say. We skip a uh, defenseman down here, the second most expensive player on this team, or third, I should say, OEL, Oliver ekman Larson. You know, $7.2 million a year for the next, what, six years, seven years? I think it's six. Yeah, that's a hefty contract. And that was really the big gamble in the Garland trade. And hey, look, OEL is definitely not the same offensive defenseman that we once saw. Um, six points, 31 games. That's not a whole lot of production. Although he's playing pretty big minutes, 22 minutes of ice, and he's a plus two. Uh, I think OEL has been much more physical than I thought he would be. I think he's brought some nice leadership. You know, his his breakouts and the way he passes from the defensive zone into the neutral zone is impressive. Uh, he, and he still has elite IQ. He does take some bad penalties. He kind of is Edler in that sense where, you know, you really like him some sometimes and he takes that dumb penalty and you're like, ugh. I will say as well, there have some been some really bad calls against OEL. Um so I just want to mention that, but his defense partner, Tyler Myers, big contract again. I believe Tyler Myers is at $6 million a year for the next three years. 10 points this year, 34 games, plus eight. Tyler Myers might be having his best season of his entire career. If you look at the analytics and certainly the best season of his Canucks career. Look, under Bruce Brudrow, some people are not going to like this. Tyler Myers is earning every cent of that $6 million contract. He is a six foot eight right-hand defenseman who can skate better than most six foot three players. He's putting up 10 points in 34 games, 22 minutes a night, and he's a plus eight. Look, if you're hating on Myers still, it's not Myers. It's you. Tyler Myers has played fantastic, and give the man props. He's played great. Uh, he's played in all scenarios too. He's played a bit of power play. He's played a ton of penalty kill. Uh, Bruce Brudrow has used him like an absolute horse. He's reached 30 minutes sometimes. You know, you want to talk about the Bruce bump? Uh, who, what players have really, you know, gone a bump in their game? Tyler Myers has to be, if not the one who's gone the biggest bump. He's played absolutely fantastic. Um, nothing but positive things to say about Tyler Myers right now. Tucker Pullman. $2.5 million for the next four years. This this one hurts, I think. This one hurts. You know, I, I was definitely going to reserve my judgment until we got to see him on the ice. And 30 games played. Um, 
Again, not the biggest sample. Again, three points. He is a plus two, playing 17 minutes of ice. He is getting quite a lot of ice time. 17 minutes is not nothing. So, again, do you bring Tucker Pullman in to be an offensive dynamo? No, not really. But Tucker Pullman has not really passed the eye test, in my opinion. And his numbers aren't actually that bad if you look at his analytics. Um, obviously, three points in 30 games isn't great. But he is a plus two in 17 minutes played. Uh, he's a good penalty killer. He's big, six foot two. He's a right-hand shot. He's a good skater. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think his hands are very good, and he at times can make uh, decisions pretty slowly, which can lead to turnovers. So this is really where the contract, I think, it could be the worst one on the team, not named OEL. Um, and I'm not saying OEL's played bad again. It's just that's a big number for a long time, 7.2. 2.5 is much more easy to swallow. For the next four years, though, is kind of tough, I will say. One of the best value contracts coming up, though, I'm, that I'm going to read out is uh, Luke Shen. Two years, 850K. You know, Luke Shen wanted to be a Vancouver Canuck. He had other offers. This guy is Stanley Cup champion. Uh, he's played absolutely fantastic with Quinn Hughes. And I think he's just played his role. And Bruce has said this before. He's just playing his role. He's getting 16 minutes of ice time, 5 points, 18 games. That's pretty good. That's Tyler Myers' production, and he's a plus 7. Luke Shen has played fantastic, and the fact that he we have him for 850k, and he's obviously found some chemistry with Quinn Hughes, I think is so, so, so positive. And last, not, last but not least for the defense, Kyle Burrows, the Vancouver native. Uh, 26-year-old right-hand defenseman on a 750k contract, uh, signed for uh, two years, just like Luke Shen, and three points, 28 games, uh, minus five, only getting 13 minutes of ice. Kyle Burrows, to me, is a slightly less skilled Troy Stetcher. I think Kyle Burrows is probably more physically gifted than Troy. I just think Troy was more tenacious and maybe just a tad better with his stick and close. But Kyle Burrows hasn't been terrible, and I think he's been a decent addition to the team. Obviously, he's played a lot more than we probably would have seen if Travis Hamnick would have been uh, healthy and playing. But Travis Hamnick has not been healthy and playing, so that's unfortunate. And uh, you know, speaking of Travis Hamnick, he has two years, three million per. Um, he's only played nine games this season. This is a guy who I can see being traded. Uh, just seems to not have worked out in Vancouver. I thought he came in. He played actually really well with Quinn Hughes. Found some chemistry, especially at the end of last season. And you know, this year the whole COVID vaccination status thing. And is he going to play this season or not? And then he's been injured. It's just been a tough go for him. And Maybe he wants a fresh start. Maybe Jim Rutherford looks at that $3 million and says, hey, we can get some value for him, free up some cap space. Uh, he has a right-hand shot, which is quite valued in this league. And it's not like he, he's bad. He's a pretty experienced guy. He's 31. He's six foot two. Maybe get a little something for him. Who knows? Let's just go right to the goalies. Thatcher Demko, 26 years of age. Five more years at $5 million. Uh, this is the best valued contract on the team, bar none. I think it's a top five valued contract in the entire National Hockey League. I think, you know, when you mention the great contracts in this league in terms of value, I think Drysidle $8 million or what is he, $8.5 million is up there. I think Thatcher Demko for five more seasons at five is right up there too. 
Thatcher Demko has been the best player on this team. I think he was the best player on this team last year. He's just getting better. Him and Ian Clark, it's, it's a dream duo. Uh, the sky is quite literally the limit for this guy. I think he's already a top five goalie in this league. You could argue during stretches, and especially last last month, he was the best goalie in the entire NHL. He's six foot four, uh, twenty six. Yeah, it's just super exciting, and I think uh, you know when you have that franchise goalie. You know, it just helps your team in so many ways and can cover a lot of your weaknesses, which you kind of see on defense. Um, yeah, just nothing short of spectacular. And with Thatcher, too, it's crazy. He's uber-athletic, uber-competitive, and he can even play the puck well. Uh, I just don't see a single weakness in his game. It's it's quite, it's insane. It's just insane. And then the backup this year, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, 36 years old. He has a no-move clause, $1.5 million. I know Halak hasn't had the wins and the losses that we probably would have liked, but he's played fantastic. He really has. And, um, you know, he has the same percentage of 9.15, goals against of 2.59. That's really good. That's really good. That's just behind Demko. So both goalies have actually played really well. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this team, clearly the big decisions are going to lie in two years. Uh, in two years, you have... Uh, Bo, JT, and Hoglander. And then next year, obviously, you have Brock Besser. Those are some big contracts uh, and some big decisions to make. My trade bets would be Travis Hamanick, Tyler Mott, and Jason Dickinson. And, um, you know, for the rest of the year, obviously, coming up, this team has some tough opposition. We play Florida tomorrow, then we play Tampa, Carolina, Washington, and Nashville. Um Talking about a deadly road trip, wow. Uh, I think if we can get 500 on this road trip, that would be a huge, huge, huge bonus. Um, But yeah, thanks guys for listening, and as always, I appreciate you guys. Bye.